VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. We're here today to talk to the big funster himself, Gene Herwin. Welcome, Gene. Good morning. Are you on a cell phone? No, I'm on a landline. Are you on a speaker? No. Oh, good, good. It was a very, very big good morning. Um, my favorite client for 5WPR Public Relations, Big Fun Gymnastics. Welcome, Gene. Hola, sister. Hola, brother. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, hold me back. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us about Big Fun Gymnastics and how it came about. Big Fun, <clears throat> when I had uh, originally started Big Fun, I had no idea that it would become what it is today, certainly. When I had uh, originally started my career <clears throat> 40 years ago, I was simply going to be the world's greatest drummer, following in the footsteps of Buddy Rich. <laughs> that was the only career I had ever envisioned. When my career musically was doing well, it was a great ride, things were going wonderful, we got a record contract, etc., etc., etc. Very simply, <clears throat> I had also been going through college, I had been an athlete playing soccer, gymnastics, and soccer and gymnastics were simply things that I did in between being a musician. But what was always very clear to me, even as a young kid, was what I do well is move. That is something that I don't have to intellectualize and work. I rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. But that was my creative outlet. That was my expression. Right. <clears throat> so when I finally uh, wound up as an adult <clears throat> in the middle of a recording studio and the 1992 Northridge earthquake hit, I was trapped in Agoura with a whole mess of people that I really didn't care to be. My daughter was just recently born, <clears throat> and I couldn't get back to my wife and my daughter. And I said, that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> so I basically uh, immediately retired and said, okay, I guess it's time to grow up now. What am I going to do? And having had been in rehab for uh, sport injuries, <clears throat> I knew there was physical therapy. Well, cool. I understand physical therapy. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> and as I went through that process, there was an orientation meeting at the University of Southern California with the PT department, and they were orientating lots of different therapy schools at the same day. Well, typical for me, I was supposed to walk into room like 100B, and I walk into room 100A. And in there was this woman <clears throat> with shock white hair who was just so perky and endearing and talking about all these wonderful things that we could do as therapists that I think, this is great. This is perfect. <laughs> you walked into the, wrong, into the wrong room, but it took you to the right place. Exactly. So I walked into the occupational therapy department, and it was a fit for who I am. The experiences in my life were exactly what this career afforded me to be continuing that expression of creativity, of the joy of being someone who can make a change. Music was all about making a change. <clears throat> so I just simply jumped into that boat, and that process, that educational process, landed me at the end of that experience, recognizing that I do not fit 
into a traditional mold as a therapist. I actually couldn't even figure out how to kind of box myself in personality-wise to working in that type of environment with these people. They just didn't know how to handle me. So growing up in the gyms, gymnastic facilities, I simply said, well, I'll start by myself here because I'm comfortable. I'm in control in a gymnastic facility. Everyone knows me. I, I have a legacy of some sort there. So they had no problem having me come in. Once I began doing what I was doing, it didn't have a name as much as it just had a a challenge, a direction. I knew what I was doing was good, positive, but it had no real form and method. It just had me thinking, well, this should work. This makes sense. Ultimately, within six months, I must have had 30 kids coming to me. And after that, it kind of grew like a plague. And it was to a degree where I had to recognize this is way bigger than I had ever envisioned. Well, I'm, I'm on to something. If only I knew what it was. Sometimes destiny can dictate what your actions are. So I think that's pretty much what happened here. But describe to our listeners what Big Fun is. I mean, we talk about occupational therapy, but... They can't envision you as a big funster in a gym every day with a bunch of kids, you know, that you're working with. Describe the situation and what it's become today. Good. What Big Fun Therapy and Recreation Services is about is we take children with special needs, all special needs. That could be everything inclusive of the autistic spectrum children, Down's syndrome, mental retardation, um, vision, seizures, Anything that a child has that affords them to being able to get from where they are into the gym, regardless of the diagnosis, we bring them into this environment. Now, we go into professional gymnastic facilities. We've known for years that developmental pediatricians say, well, you should get your child into a gym program. Why? Because what a gymnastic environment affords the typical child is this very intense sensory bathing that the developing brain demands in order to create appropriate brain pattern, brain function, and how it interprets into movement. We know how to move before we know how to think, before we know how to speak. A newborn will move their hands, fingers, digits appropriately. way before they know what they're doing. They just simply do. That developmental process that we try to establish in typical kids, well, one of the things that we know about special need kids is that that process is interrupted. It doesn't have its propensity for completion or accomplishment. So what we have to do is we have to find ways of getting that child to experience what it is the typical child experiences through the sensory diet, as we refer to it, in gymnastics. Gymnastics is all about how to defeat gravity. That is the art form of gymnastics. A child, a new child into the gym, typical child, excuse me, will learn to do forward rolls and backward rolls and climbing and all these wonderful things that the environment affords the child. They're wonderfully motivating. Well, for our kids, they are also wonderfully motivating. The issue here is 
these children come into the gym never having been in one, they have to learn, just like typical kids do, what this environment affords them. Once they know, it's a wide-open panorama, and how far can we take this child? And we take out of the mix the diagnosis. We simply look at the child's potential. What can we do? And then it's just a simple position of, why not try it? Well, I think that a really good example is when we came to the gym and watched you with the magnificent Kyle. And I think that Kyle had cerebral palsy, has cerebral palsy, yes? Yes. And, um, you know, he, what you explained in your demonstration with Kyle really pretty much reinforces what you're saying in terms of a kid's sensory reactions. Yeah. Um, You know, it was just amazing the way, first of all, he got, you know, he can't speak, you know, he could vocalize, but I don't think that he could speak, but you could certainly understand him because the minute that you saw him, he gave you a big smile. Uh-huh. You know, there was the instant recognition, and he knew that he was in a big, fun place. Yeah, and Kyle is a great example of all children, regardless of special needs. It's the child's spirit. We as teachers, educators, we have to find a way to connect, not simply to the child, but to that child's spirit in each of us as educators. If we can, we can connect to the child. We create a relationship. That relationship is what the child is desperate to to find. Children, growing up, they pick up on adults very quickly. They know if the adult is willing to connect to them or not. I remember vividly when I was growing in grade school, in middle school, in high school, I knew the teachers that wanted to connect to me. And oddly enough, I did very well in their classes because they made an effort to let me know I care. Of course. Same thing with Kyle. Same thing with our special needs population. (laughs) No matter how severe the child's diagnosis is and the disability, the child does perceive and it is our job to let that child know that we are there for them without any reservation. That allows the child to entrust themselves to you, the adult, the teacher. That's the format of Big Fun. That's how we start teaching our therapists. And may I say that Gene Herwin and all of his therapists do it very, very well. Um, it was really magnificent for me to see it. Why don't you, before we take a break... Talk about where the facilities are so people have an idea if they're close by or not. Okay. Um, We are located throughout Southern California in a number of different facilities. Again, as I said, what we do is we go into existing professional gymnastic facilities and offer our program within these facilities. Each facility, we do a pretty good scrutinizing of how long they've been operating, do they have a clean facility, do they want children with special needs in their facilities. So that's a huge step in what these are what these facilities want in their own gyms. So <clears throat> with that said, we are in Laguna Hills, we are in Camarillo, we are in Newberry Park, Rancho Santa uh Rancho Santa Margarita, Pasadena, Covina, Redondo Beach two facilities within Culver City, 
We also have our swim program, and the swim program, the gene pool, has different locations. You'd have to go to the Big Fun Gymnastics website to get those. Very good. That's www.bigfungymnastics.com. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, that's uh, that's very well. You rattled off all of the locations without a hitch. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Wait, <laughs> there's more, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, well, listen, there's more. We're going to take a commercial break. We're here with Gene Herwin, the big funster himself, and we're going to hear more about big fun in a few minutes. Thank you. Listen wherever, whenever, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, party festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. Hola, and I'm here with Gene Herwin. And Gene Herwin is the director of Big Fun Gymnastics. To see more about Big Fun Gymnastics, go into www.bigfungymnastics.com and find out how your children can really expand their horizons. How's that for a commercial? That was lovely. Extemporaneous, off the cuff. I'm like, you know, Howard Stern, what can I say? <laughs> you know, I, I've heard that you're extemporaneous. <laughs> You know what? I, I don't like being scripted, but I do it for some of my friends. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like the questions coming off the top of my head, but I know that you know 
Some people want to be prepared, and that's okay, because we're still promoting Big Fun Gymnastics and Gene Herwin. Thank you. Yes, and you put your radio voice on, too. (laughs) (laughs) But um, tell me, okay, so we know that you are, you know, the Big Fun Gymnastics utilizes many, many different gym facilities if they meet your requirements. Um, and if your therapists feel that they could bring their kids the big fun experience in the appropriate way. But how do you work your summer programs in camp? Uh, good question. We have, uh, in, this will be the first summer that we are not hosting our own big fun camp. The difficulty is kind of twofold. One is it's based on funding, funding resources, as well as once we have kids that we want in the camp. It is then the organization of all of these kids coming to us. Very simply, when we hold a big fun camp, we must look explicitly at each child because we try to create in a camp situation the idea of creating groups. Groups are not meant with special needs to be lumping kids together that have to disparate a diagnosis, a level of performance, a level of comprehension, a level of behavioral self-control. In these gyms, other typical kids are there. And it's not that those kids have a problem with our kids. It's that there is a liability of injury that's just constant as part of the profession. Kids fall, kids hurt, kids smack into other kids. So to create a camp in a group situation, we've got to be able to maintain appropriate safety uh, controls for our kids. So we have to create a ratio of teacher-coach to the students, the number of students, and can we, in fact, with each child, give them an experience that is exactly what we want. Having said that, uh, in the summer camps, we are, for this year, we are uh, locking into other professional camp structures that we simply supply the gymnastic uh, module. So this will be a new departure for us in how we afford our kids' summer camp experience. But next year we'll be doing the camps. What we do is we have so many different locations throughout Southern California that we will design maybe three major locations, one in Orange County, one in West L.A., one in the Valley, by example, and we'll (coughs) target them as this is where our camps will be held. We will then go to the lengths to find out everything we need to know about each child, their their background entirely, and begin to design groups specifically for how it will work appropriately. Now, I guess every special needs camp wants to do that as well. I think what's nice for Big Fun is that we, because we can operate as a little boutique operation within these giant gyms, we can really pinpoint how we want these kids to come to our camps, what we are doing with them. We give them a gymnastic experience that is not just simply let's play, let's fun. We work very specifically to work at issues and agenda, <clears throat> and we want these kids to learn how to learn. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. Because this is a show about public relations and marketing and branding, etc., including not-for-profit and how they work, how can, you know, let's talk about the funding resources and, you know, how we can manage to encourage more funding. Um, I would imagine that one funding resource is probably a difficult one, and that might be insurance companies for kids that have special needs. You know, 
occupational therapy or physical therapy might be considered as a recommendation. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, and how often do insurance companies support, um, you know, a child that has special needs? I know that's a very, very big question, and you don't have to get too obtuse in your answer, but, you know, just let us know, you know, the quick points. Uh, Yes, it's one of those gigantic uh, Pandora box questions that it's it's kind of a a difficult situation on on all sides. Simply, the insurance industry is in Southern California, in California simply, California is a very unique state because as it leads the country, we have something referred to as the regional center system, which maybe only one other state in the union has. The regional center system is for community access for special needs children. They stand in opposition but work in conjunction with the school districts. The school districts work to deal with educational issues. Now, the two structures are governmental structures. The insurance industry stands outside of them. By example, seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago, the state of California had very, very difficult times passing their state budget. That meant the regional centers had to shut down for anywhere between two weeks to almost four weeks, if I remember correctly. That caused incredible damage to our kids because they did not have the ability to get funding for their daily, weekly services. <clears throat> Ultimately, the families would then go, okay, well, I need my kid in therapy because he's, he's just completely getting out of control. Right. So they began looking at who else can pick up that cost quickly. They turned their, their aim on the insurance industry. The insurance industry looked at, saw the whole situation, going, okay, now hold on a second, kids. We are not going to just open the floodgates here because that will not work with us. So we had then basically three different polarized groups, structures, that did not know how to broach the subject. And you're one of the people that are, are, you're very, very proactive in wanting to bring these structures together. Right. And again, that's a difficult issue too because none none of the people that can get them all to the bargaining table can deal with the actual gigantic numbers, the money that each of these structures demands and generates. So <clears throat> on an individual basis, the child that needs occupational therapy who does have a contract with their um, insurance company to provide services for occupational therapy or physical therapy or speech therapy, these insurance companies would then and as they should do, they have to relegate what amount of services we can avail you as a policy holder. And that gets into a lot of gray area. Ultimately, it comes back down to <clears throat> the insurance companies want to know that the child that we are approving for services, A, is getting the services we approve, B, the services that we are paying for are appropriate to the child's needs, which means more regulation as it kind of plays itself out on a day-in-a-week situation. Insurance industries are very, very tough to deal with because they're just gigantic monolithic structures with thousands of people, and none of them 
talk to each other on a moment-to-moment basis. No, no, it's like calling 411 or walking into the Department of Motor Vehicles. Yeah, and you kind of get lost in the shuffle. <laughs> and after a while, it's like, why? I've been on hold for 16 days and nothing's happening. Well, the other, you know, but the other problem is we all know that insurance companies are difficult because, you know, they apply to so many different areas in mm-hmm. healthcare. But, you know, this is where, you know, you have to look at who else gets funding. Educators get funding, mm-hmm. but because everybody is fighting for dollars and there's so many other things that have to be paid for, like toilet papers in school bathrooms, yeah. um, you know, having, you know, finding funding for kids that, you know, should be integrated, you know, you know, special kids along with kids that, you know, are considered quote end quote normal, and you and I could have a big debate about normal on a different show. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm you know, normal. huh? I'm normal. Oh, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? But um, you know, what's happening in terms of you know public you know education funding for allowing more integration into you know classrooms so that a kid like Nikki Gutman who we'll go into in the next segment, you know, who, you know, overcame, you know, some, you know, challenges, um, can cope and integrate into a public school. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, what you just mentioned is an interesting kind of problem that we see. Aside from the funding issues, there is a very difficult situation in the education not simply the education of these children as they go through school systems, but even more importantly, the education of the people who work with them. So those are two different issues that ultimately have an impact on the money that gets afforded to these schools or to these families and the results. So we then have kind of a a spin-out problem of okay, my parent, my family wants to go through insurance to get occupational therapy. And they are, as part of the IDEA, they are uh, supposed to be able to get a fair and appropriate education for my child with special needs. The school district says, yes, you should, and here is what we will offer you. Now, it always comes back to the parents say, well, you know, <clears throat> what you're giving me in the school district, which the school then pays for, isn't what my child really needs, and it's not at this, the level that I want for my child. It's way below expectations, and I want my child to step up, and this isn't working. I wish to go to a different provider who is not part of the school district. The school districts then turn to what are called NPOs, non-public organizations. Big Fun is a non-public organization for California, uh, like like hundreds of others. <clears throat> the district is looking at a staff of salaried therapists, and they say, well, we can give you this person in this situation, and it's exactly what your child needs, and you as a parent going, that's not true at all. This is completely unacceptable, and I want to go into this, an NPO provider. Well, the district, the parent wind up at a mediation table, which means lawyers, which right. means money. So you then go back to <clears throat> the parent says, I want this service, Big Fund by example, to become the NPO provider. The district says, no, we don't want that because we feel we're giving you an appropriate 
circumstance for your child, and we do not promise you that you're going to get the Cadillac of services. I like We're the going way to that give you, you the Chrysler of I, services. Which I like is the no way <laughs> down play on Chrysler. It's, I'm, I'm making a pun here. Sorry. I, <laughs> no, I was going to say I like the way that you um, you know you make them into the big, big, big bad man wagging their finger at you, and you will do it this way because we are giving you the money. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's kind of obligatory. This is what you're getting, so you know, buck up and please don't give me any lip. And oh the parents, no, it's and well, the districts wind up always at an oppositional stance. No, no, it do does. We we'll wanted. talk about we it more. The district comes back and says, you know, this is all you're getting from us, and it becomes this just ugly, acrimonious situation, and none of it has anything to do with the child. None, it ever. We have to take a break. To, I'm tr- this Jean? Is an issue of money. It's Jean? Jean? It's an issue of affording and who gets what and why. Jean? And the child is sitting there going, yada, 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 yada. And it's just one of the most distasteful moments that I can think of as an occupational therapist. Further, it then sets up something which I've become aware of as a byproduct of it, is that I'm sitting at a mediation, a big room full of parents, a big room full of teachers, the uh, school districts, therapists, me, and it becomes a situation where the district says to their therapist, well, why does this person need what they're asking for? And the district therapist says, they don't. And they begin to take what I say and start ripping it apart. Excuse me? Well, listen, Gene, we have to take a break. Okay, bye. Um, come Stay on. We're just taking a commercial break. Okay. Unlimited talk at your fingertips. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, party festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly 
publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuition for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationship. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with the very talented and extraordinary Gene Herwin. Welcome back, Gene. Good morning. You know what, Gene? We talk about, you know, in special education, we always talk about kids who get into the zone, you know, and the zone being a good thing, meaning that, you know, they're so into what they're doing, they kind of forget about, you know, what ailments they may have. Yeah. And, um,. You got into the zone in my last segment. <laughs> I, I was trying to say, Gene, Gene, but you were yep. in your zone. You would not hear me. Pull over, Gene. <laughs> I mean, so you understand these kids because you get into your own zone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but that is exactly why I became an occupational therapist. It is the passion that I have for doing what it was I went into the profession to do. I still have it. I demand that from my staff. And that's the job. If if you are there and just giving us lip service, then please find someone else to work with. No, no, that's exactly right. The connection that you have with the kids is just phenomenal. We were talking about funding before, and you you address the um, financial challenges very well, particularly when you talk about the constituencies that have to work with each other, which creates, you know, um, you know, a cluster F. I don't want to say the word, even though we could. Um, and generally things take a very, very long time to get done. So what is a person like Gene Herwin and Big Fund Gymnastics, what do they have to do is kind of look for private funding to supplement, you know, some of the bureaucracies. Right. And, again, that's why we're in the, in the process now of finishing up our NPO, nonprofit organization, so that we can begin to solicit funding from other organizations. They can use the NPO status as a tax uh, deduction on their intern on their tax returns, but yeah, I mean that's a business aspect, and my position still comes back to all this is meant to do is get the kids in the gym to allow them to flourish, to allow them to be in the world. Well, I think that you know you and I have discussed that you know sharing big fun gymnastics with the world will perhaps make people want to contribute. 
and hopefully you'll have the NPO together soon. <laughs> yeah, but, you yeah, know, I, I think... I mean, I, I'm a firm, firm believer that if George Bush woke up every morning and bounced trampoline for 10 minutes, we'd have a very happier world. Oh, no, I think that you should definitely get right into the White House. <laughs> Although, you know, some people, you have to admit, children are wonderful because they're fixable. Uh, George Bush, I don't know. <laughs> but I said it, not you. Jerry's <laughs> still out on that one. Um, you know, I think that there's a couple of people in the White House that can use Gene Hurwitz. Actually, Dick Cheney would probably flourish. Maybe he'd look like he was 20 years old instead of 104. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, well, my theory is, is that, you know, he has the double anyway. I, I really don't know if Gene, if Dick Cheney is really still around. Oh, oh yeah. But, um, you know, going back to funding, if a person wants to contribute to big fund gymnastics, in particular, it is such so that until the NPO is established, you have a holding fund. Yes. We set up a separate checking account which families can donate to, and we will hold that until the NPO clicks in, and then we drop all of, all of that money, the tons of dollars, into the NPO. The process or, or the actual point of the NPO is to start affording scholarships for kids that cannot otherwise get to big fund. We have certainly enough facilities that in Southern California they can get to, but they can't have the funding because regional centers <clears throat> are, um, they're trapped by their own regulations. School districts, again, trapped by their own regulations. So we have an inability to connect to the kids in the community, so we've got to find a way of getting them into the gym. So <clears throat> that as uh, a means of getting them towards uh, funding sources, that's, that's one of the several steps that we're taking. Okay, so www.bigfungymnastics.com. I want everybody to click into that so that you could send checks to the attention of Gene Herwin because you will be able to make it as a tax deduction and it will be held in a fund because Big Fund Gymnastics has to be very, very careful about this stuff, but they are in the process of developing an NPO. And once that process is developed, please just send in the checks, send in the checks, send in the checks because every kid is a special kid. Am I right? You are so right. Every kid is a special kid. And one of the things that, Gene, you and I have spoke about before is we've taken this a step further to the fact that kids that really, really need to have the special attention, you know, are, that's one, you know, category. But, you know, you and I have also discussed how public education today you know, is problematic for a lot of kids because of budgets. And we talk about the fact that, you know, any kid in a classroom with 43 students in it and one teacher and they're trying to learn, you know, advanced mathematical algorithms, you're not going to keep their attention. Absolutely. Now, I mean, your your question opens up, <clears throat> again, a huge, giant Pandora's box, which, of course, I'm dying to jump into. Uh, well, you know, that's why you like me, because I open those boxes all the time. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, – on. A number of occasions, I guess these are one of the success stories. We have a child, we had a child with us for about two and a half, three years, Simon. Simon came to me, um, he was about eight years old at the time, and he's now about 11. Simon came to me, you know, if you've ever taken a cat and dropped them in a bucket of water and they come up all skin and bone compared to their fluffy self, Simon is that skin and bone little boy. He is, he is eight, 
ataxic, meaning he doesn't have movement available to him. He can stand up, but his movement patterns are very, very slow, very pedantic, and he is nonverbal. The best he can do is come out with grunts and groans, but he he does what he can do. Now, when he first came to me, Simon had basically been kicked out of the world, and the reason was the most powerful part on Simon's body was his hands. His hands became like a vice grip, but you'd have to literally be standing in front of him for about two minutes before his hands actually began to move toward you. That's how slow his ability to connect the motor plan to the wanting to do something became. So here I am doing an assessment, and I'm talking to his mom with Simon next to him after the assessment, and Simon slowly reaches up and grabs a handful of mom's hair and begins to crank her head. Wow! I'm watching this, and I'm she's continuing to talk to me while her head is being pulled down, you know, like a like a bobble toy. <laughs> and I'm saying, "Are you okay with this?" Oh yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> and I'm looking at that point, I see big chunks of her scalp being exposed, <laughs> no. and I say, "Okay, well, I'm really not." So I take his arms and I look at him. I said, "Don't ever do that here again, please. <laughs> Unacceptable." And with that, I began to find out who Simon really is. Now. What happened to Simon is very, very unfortunately common. Simon, at his age, had been lumped into basically a garbage can classroom for all of the years in school and would continue to be in that same kind of garbage can classroom because he had no ability to communicate. And his delayed processing made it so that when someone says, Simon, do this, and they can wait two, three minutes before he began to move, they'd say, well, he's being noncompliant. Well... After working with Simon for about two years, we began um, a very, very intense sensory diet. And, yes, we did get that delay to start closing the gap. And, yes, we did get motor response much quicker. So the motor planning issue I could address pretty specifically, and I I had no problem in knowing that that was going to happen. But in the process of working with Simon, I was just so sure that there's more to him than what people were making the assumption about. I I just knew it. I got him in contact with another woman here in town who was called, uh, her name is Soma. Soma created something called rapid prompting, which is another way of saying, saying hounding and badgering the child to stay in, stay attention, keep on task. And by doing so, we got Simon after six months to learn how to spell. Now that is simply, we have a, a cardboard cutout of a keyboard a typewriting keyboard, and Simon would begin to start tapping how to spell. Okay, <laughs> about six months after that, we find out that Simon is pretty close to a genius. Wow. Incredible. And Simon has a memory like an elephant. He doesn't forget a thing. And you can you begin getting all of this years of backlogging of information coming out of Simon. He just to- couldn't express it. He had no ability, exactly, he had no ability to express it, and here he was, he was constantly being asked to leave schools because he was non-compliant or he was aggressive or hostile. He was none of those things. He was simply looking at the fact that he's trapped in his own body, and he is smarter than everybody combined in the place, and he's going, is this the rest of my life? Wow, that's very frustrating. We have to take another commercial break. 
We have to take another commercial break, but listen, you have a whole a whole segment left to yourself. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Now you can listen to your favorite hosts on your cell phone by clicking the banner on our homepage, News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, party festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on voiceamericaradio.com. Visit our website at www.westcoastbusinessreview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. yourself from the prison of your conditioned thoughts and destroy barriers that hinder your success. Tune into Empowered Living, Life, Truth, and Being Free with host, speaker, writer, and personal coach Steve Maraboli. Steve and his expert guests take you on a quest for truth and highlight philosophies and strategies that help you release your greatest self. It's time to shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to your greatest potential, and align with happiness, success, and excellence with Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free with Steve Maraboli. Broadcasting every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free. Release the power within. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. I'm back here with the fabulous, fantastic Gene Herwin, the problem solver, the the medicine man without any medication. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, medicine is spiritual, too. You don't have to take something. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, what a concept, huh? <laughs> no, but seriously, your spiritual presence is so recognizable from the first time I met you. I I caught it, and it's very understandable why kids react to you. And, um, you know, I think that as you were trying to figure out what you were going to do with your life after you left music, you know, you couldn't have found a better place. It's like this is so Gene Herwin. And the kids, you know, the way Kyle was looking at you is something that, you know, I'll never forget, you know, it's one of those experiences, you know, one never forgets, and, um, 
you know, that's why everybody has to go into www.bigfungymnastics.com so that they could get to meet you. And even if they don't have kids with, you know, special needs or kids that just want to play, um, you know, I think that they should, you know, they should come and meet you, see the facilities, and give you some money. <laughs> I mean, you know, it needs funding, and you know, that's what. You know, people see what you do, but people say, oh, that's a very nice story, and maybe they assume that you're funded. I don't know where they think the money comes from. Right. Well, again, so far it's primarily coming out of either insurance or school district funding, which is great. And out of that, we have we have two branches of big fun. We have our therapy branch where we offer occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, recreational therapy. We also have our recreation branch. The difference here is with Big Fun, if you're coming to us through district district funding or insurance funding or any third-party funding, you are being seen by a licensed therapist for what you're coming to us for, OTPT speech. If you are in our recreation program, you are coming to a highly trained Big Fun certified gymnastic coach. The point here is that the difference is while the therapy branch <clears throat> must work on specific goals and attend to those issues. Our recreation program, we are probably the biggest recreation program for these children probably in the United States. We have the Big Fun Training Manual, which we train all of our therapists on and all of our coaches on. So they must, even if they are a gymnast, they must have an understanding of who these children are. They must understand sensory processing, why the children do what they do and how to get them motivated into being in the environment and to, as we say, modulate their ability to tolerate all of this input. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. But in addition to that, we have to deal with motor planning issues, how the child moves to get that a little bit more coordinated and push the envelope. We will always work to have the child come up to our level of expectations. point is, when I was going through occupational therapy school, <clears throat> being the oldest guy hanging around there with people 20, 30 years younger than me that had no life experience, certainly had no understanding of what a typical 5-year-old, a typical 3-year-old, a typical 8-year-old child is able to do, they simply understood by virtue of a textbook saying, this is what a special needs child is going to be doing with you. Well, they're very, very different issues. A five-year-old child with cerebral palsy is a very different piece of work than what the page says, and the therapist that has never been with a typical child to know what to expect and how to let, raise your expectations simply plays to the lowest level of expectations. Well, we can't do that, truly. All that does is make the child aware that, oh, boy, this is great. I can get away with anything here. Well, that's exactly what we don't want with our kids. No, no, you have to set the limitations. That's part of the learning process. Yeah, and again, that's exactly what we do with a typical child. To not do that with a special needs child is contradictory to them being in the world. The world will not be very user-friendly to that special needs child if, as a child, they're given wide-open panoramas to do what we don't want them to do. The truth is, they can handle it. Not only can they handle it, but if you give them the appropriate progressions to step into each new level of expectation, they're quite, quite prepared for it. That's our job. The recreation program 
does that on an ability to get the child to connect to being in the gym, which gives them a sense of, I'm valued, I'm necessary, I can do things, I create a sense of self-esteem, self-worth. And that translates into the child being not simply in the gym, but being in the playground, being in the mall, being in the restaurant, being with family and family outings where they are not so out of control. They don't need to be. It doesn't get them what they were getting before. When they throw a tantrum, it's because they're frustrated, they're angry, they're not getting what they need. Well, if we can give them that which they need, then they don't have to do that kind of behavior. What's the point? We make those type of demands on typical kids, so why not make the same demands on children with special needs? No, exactly right. And look at Nikki Gutman, who, again, we talked about her before. You were able to take Nikki Gutman, who is now... Uh, I guess 10 years old and um, you know she came to you when she had you know you know autistic challenges um, ADD challenges um, you know brought to the United States from you know Lithuania as an orphan kid Mm -hmm. and um, pretty much came here you know starved to death Um, and now, you know, Nikki tells us that she wants to give back. She wants to make jewelry and raise money for you because she appreciates the fact that you, you know, did something to help her. Nikki is, is such a gift. She's such an example of the, the potential. Every child that comes to Big Fun, again, as I said earlier, we don't look at the diagnosis and go, okay, what are we going to do here? Oh, my God. It's what's the potential? That's exactly the gymnastic mindset in how we work with all of our kids. Nikki, yeah, she came to us from a devastating story and was so lucky to have Bobby and Dan Gutman find her. One of those kind of cosmic things where I guess this is why everyone existed. Here they have finally connected with each other, and Nikki is now 10 years old. She had, when she first came to me as a young child, she had this perfect gymnastic body. You looked at her, and it was kind of like Nadia Comaneci as a five-year-old. Everything was so anatomically perfect. And we began to anoint her with talents and gifts simply because she looked that way, which she didn't have. She had like a nanosecond of ability to stay attentive, focused, and you thought, okay, great. Uh, But the problem is that she didn't hear a thing you said. She didn't attend. One day she watched one of the older team girls do a back walkover. And she looked at that, and about a minute later, she does a back walkover, just spontaneously does this. And I said, Nikki, that was great. You just did a back walkover. And she literally looked at me shocked and said, no, I didn't. I didn't do that at all. No, no, no. And what I recognized is that she just completely dropped the plan. She didn't even know she had done that. Once it was done, it's gone. Jettison. So we began recognizing that we've got to make her more accountable for the moments that she's living in. So it was basically, from that point, a whole process of just keeping her in the moment, keeping her in the moment. And I I would use the analogy of the submarine where it, it glides underwater and it would send its periscope up just long enough to find out what's going on, and the periscope would come down. Well, Nikki lived that way. She just remained underwater, would send the periscope up just briefly enough for us to go, this kid's great. No, that's and then she'd a, submerge again, and they go, wait a minute, what's going on here? 
Fabulous story. We have to wrap up. Unfortunately, we have to have you back on the fo- on the show again. I accept. <laughs> I mean, that's the bad news <laughs> because we have to talk about the big fun games that big that big fun gymnastics is putting together for October. Yes. And um, we're going to have to have you back on to talk about it because we didn't have enough time. This is your hour show. We thank you, Gene Herwin, and Big Fun Gymnastics, and we hope you have a really great day. Thank you, Cindy. It's been a great pleasure. All good right. morning. Well, we'll see you again real soon. Very good. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy Otto. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Lackowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.